I bring you greetings from uh, Burkina Faso, from Ouagadougou. I've actually been here for five weeks now, um, reading, thinking, writing in Oxford. Um, over the last five weeks, I've written about 15,000 words, and I uh, touched about 50 to 60 books. So right now, my brain is all over the place. There are times I sleep and I wake up and I just start thinking. So this weekend, having to preach is, again, I often say this, the weekend I'm not preaching, that weekend is easy. The weekend I'm preaching is like the weekend being toasted. So, yeah, but I'm very happy to be here, and thank you for the opportunity and the trust that you've given to me um, to speak to you today. I'm going to invite you to read with me um, in the book of Hebrews, Chapter 11, verse 1 to 3. And tomorrow by now, I should be in a plane flying back to Ouagadougou. <laughs> I love that. Where I will meet my family and my granddaughter, who is 10 months old. I miss that one. I really, really do. Okay, Hebrew 11, verse 1 to 3. And I think we have it there, and I have it here. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And I think I can just jump to read verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love that. Today I want to talk about faith. It's easy. I like easy things. Down to earth. Everyone can understand faith. You don't have to be highly educated. When you say faith is something that is within you, I strongly believe that God created mankind and put something in him which is called faith. And if you think about it, you can almost about live without one or two of your senses, but you can't really live without faith. Faith really isn't just a religious thing. You can't live without faith. And we'll go into that later. I want to define faith. And after I've tried to define it very basically, I want to talk about faith as in believing that God exists. I mean, that is a big subject nowadays. God exists. That is big. The last time I was in Oxford and I met some American guys who were preaching. By the way, I personally know, um, what's his name? Andrew, Andrew Palau. Andrew Palau. He was in Waga a couple of years, I mean, last December, and I was his main interpreter. And uh, we, I actually write to him today, telling him that I heard in this church 
that he's coming to the UK. Faith is believing that God exists. And I was in Oxford the other day, and I was um, talking to Americans who came, and they were just preaching on the street, on High Street. And then I saw someone who came in and stopped them and said, Look, what are you doing? You're believing in something you do not see. And he walked away. Secondly, faith as in believing that God speaks. I mean, not just through scripture, not just through the Bible. That God really, really speaks. And we as believers, most often, we see God as having a big ear. Listening to absolutely every single prayer that is made on earth. But we often picture God with a very tiny weenie mouth. He listens, but he doesn't speak. But actually, God's mouth is as big as his ear. <laughs> he hears what we say, but he also speaks. And, and I think that is what really makes the difference between Christianity and other religions. Because there are some religions who will actually think it's a blaspheme to think that God speaks to you. That we believe that. And thirdly, faith is still trusting God even if things don't go the way we want them to go. And believe me, there are times in life when things are just not like we want it to be. There are times in life when we wonder, what God, where are you? What is happening? Are you there? Can I see you? Can I feel you? Because I don't feel you right now. Where were you looking at? God, you wear heavy sunglasses so that you can't see me. There are times like that. And that time is when your faith in God is really, really tested. Now, let's define faith. Faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or in something. Not a long time ago, I was in a church building, and there was a table this high, like the, um, the coffee thingy. And there was a little girl called Christy who was on that table. And she will go like towards the back of the table and she will run and jump on her sister Lucy. And I stood there and I'm watching it. And I think I felt something. I felt like God saying to me, look, this is trust. This is trust. Because Christy... First of all, no. She knows that Lucy is strong enough to catch her. But that's not enough. What really hurt the core of her faith is not that Christy is strong enough to catch her. It really is that, that Lucy will catch her. And sometimes believing that God is big, honestly... Who doesn't, unless you think? Believing that God is big is not enough. Believing that he will catch me, that is important. 
And that day I watched the scene and I just love it. She will go back, she will run with her olomat and she jumps and Lucy catches her, puts her back and she walks back and she runs back and jumps on her and I'm like, yeah. God wants us to trust him like that. According to what we've seen, well, secondly, faith is a religious belief based on conviction, not on proof. Faith is a religious belief based on conviction, not on proof. Sometimes it really sickens me when people want a proof before they believe in God. And I'm like, how thick are you? Honestly, you're talking to me right now. You are that proof, man. <laughs> what do you want? Are you not talking to me right now? Are you not in front of me? You are the proof. What else do you want? I mean, we, we have enough proof on this earth to believe, to see God, even if we're not religious. And one of my friends in Derby, he's called Andy. I love this young man. Andy before, I mean, I remember in the last, between the last nine and, no, the last six and three years, me and Andy would argue about faith. Sometimes we stand up outside in the cold and we talk about the existence of God for one hour, two hours. Andy is, was absolutely anything against. You, if you can imagine someone against faith, against God, against Christianity, that was embedded in Andy. Whenever I go to Derby, when he, hears, when he, he knows that I'm coming, he will come to church that day. He will sit. He will take notes just for me and him to argue. Honestly, we did that for three years. The last time we argued that much was in 2014. And Andy drove all the way to Derby to come to Oxford to meet me. We sat in a pub and he said to me, Jules, you know what? I just realized how stupid I was. And I said, what do you mean? He said, look, I used to look at the trees and think they just happened to be there. How stupid is that? And something has started in his brain, in his heart, in his spirit, to realize that actually the God he thought didn't exist is there and is the creator of all things. And on Easter that year, and he got baptized. I was here in July last year to celebrate their wedding. That they're actually flying to Greece on Tuesday. I mean, look, that, that's, that's how people, sometimes it is all in there. But I believe that when it comes to trusting God, the enemy comes in and tries everything he can to prevent what we've read is Hebrews 11. Faith being a confidence in what we hope for. Assurance 
but things that we do not see. Mankind is created by God, and I strongly believe in that. In fact, I think the, the very thing that God created wholeheartedly is you and me. I really think the hardest job God ever had to do is to create man. And the Bible says it. We read it, but sometimes we jump too quickly. Right? He created the sun. Boom. It happened. He created everything that we see. Boom, 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 boom. It happened. Some people say, could God create the world in six days? I don't even know why he took all six days to create it. He could have done it in six seconds. Why not? But when it comes to creating mankind, right, you read the thing and you see that was bothering God a little bit. Because he stood up. And when he finished creating mankind, you could picture God with very dirty hands and dirty fingers. Because he created everything without touching. When it comes to create mankind, he touches, he formed, he reformed, he even knelt down. Creating you took so much out of God that he had to take a day off. <laughs> he really did. After creating you, God is like, oh my goodness, I never knew that creating is going to be a big deal. Come on, angels, let's have a break. I tell you what, tomorrow is a day off for everyone. But more importantly, when he created man, he looked at him and said, oh. He looked at man and said, oh, that's beautiful. But I can do better than that. And he created a woman. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're good, you're good, but guess what? What I'm going to do now, next is just wow. And he created a woman. There you go. Well, you know, I've missed this wife for five weeks, you know? <laughs> positively you know and in creating man god gave him five basic senses which are sight hearing taste smell touch and god gave him um what else okay we said um sight hearing taste smell and touch but i believe and some people also argue that there is a sixth sense, a seventh sense, and even eight and nine. I believe God also created the sense of vestibular and embedded it in man. I'm standing on two legs, okay? I don't need four, and I can lift one. I can lift one. This has to, this, this is a sense that God put in me. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to do it. He also put in us what the scientific call 
proprioception. It's like I know I have two hands. I don't need to see my two hands to clap. Even if I close my eyes and I move my hands like that, I can still clap. Try that with someone else. With your eyes closed, you will miss. It's something that is embedded in us. And there are also senses like feeling hungry, feeling you want the restroom, and all this. Imagine if we were created without these senses. That would have been really bad, wouldn't it? But I believe there is a sense that God gave to the Spirit. And that is faith. And that is faith. Without faith, we can do nothing. Imagine coming here this morning. You're in your car. You're driving. You start the car. You have no idea if the brakes work. You drive anyway. You just drive, okay? You go to a traffic light. The traffic light is red. You stop. You look at to your mirror and you see a big truck coming. I mean, that thing is huge. And it is coming. It's coming right behind you. And you're stopping there. Are you silly? No, you're not. Because there's something in you that is generating faith, letting you know that that big truck is going to stop. First of all, you believe that the truck can see the red light. You believe that there's a driver in it. And you believe that his brakes work. <laughs> and trust me, I have seen things like that when the brakes didn't work. Actually, in Waga, not a long time ago, I overtook a big truck, those who um, transport sun. And I tell you what, God really speaks. God, the Holy Spirit said to me, this truck brakes do not work. And there's a traffic light 400 meters ahead of me. And as I got to the traffic light, the voice said to me again, remember that I told you that, the, that thing, the, the brakes don't work. And I just pulled, and I le left enough room. And I just suddenly, I forgot about it. Because there was so much traffic. And then I heard a big bang. And that big bang was the truck who really tried the brakes, who didn't work, and he had to hit the, um, there's a big pillar in Waga, when there's a traffic light, because people drive crazy, they would put a big concrete just to protect that traffic light. And he went and hit that, and hit the traffic light, crushed it, and the driver came down, shaking, saying, look, I was I didn't know I didn't have brakes. I didn't have brakes. Are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, look, I said to myself, you don't know. The spirit in me told me that you don't have brakes. And I asked people to go and see. Because that thing was, the traffic light was down for like a week or two weeks before they can replace it. So sometimes these things don't work, right? But we stop at the traffic light. This is faith. And I tell you what, if you don't, you think you don't have faith, you will change your mind when you jump on a plane. 
You don't even see the pilot. You have no idea where you are. And yet, you think you're landing at the Heathrow. Hello? What? What, 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 what do you mean you're landing at Heathrow? Do you know? Do you see? No, you don't. Because there is something embedded in us that without that thing, we will not live well. I was um, uh, in Oxford one day sitting in a restaurant and a young man just came, sat in front of me and um, started to talk to me. What's your name? What are you doing here? And when I told him what I was doing, he said, do you believe in God? And I said, yeah. He looked at me and said, really? Do you really believe in God? And I said, yeah. He said, do you see him? I said, no. How can you believe in someone you don't see? And I said, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, let me think about that. Yeah, true. Yes, that's really true. But let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Gandhi existed, lived on this earth? He said, yeah. I said, did you have a cup of tea with him? He said, no. Oh, okay. And I said, do you believe that Napoleon Bonaparte existed? He said, yeah. Do you, you know, have a fellowship with him? And he said, no. Oh, okay. Now, do you believe the earth is actually round or flat? And he said, the earth is round. And I said, no, no, no. no. Come on, my friend. Look, look, look. There is reality here, okay? The earth is nowhere flat. Nowhere round. That thing is flat. And by then, he thought, yeah, this is an African who has never been to school, who just, you know, who's just, you know, kind of thousand years ago sort of person. And I said, no, 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 that's not that. Come here. Look at the street. Can you see? That's all flat. We were on Woodstock Road, for those who know Oxford. Look at all the way Woodstock Road. It is flat. You go to London, it is flat. And I tell you what, I came from Africa... Whenever I look from the plane, I see that thing is all flat. Not only that, I've been to Cape Town. I've been to Reykjavik. Cape Town being the bottom of the, of the planet. And Reykjavik being the top. I've seen all this. It is all flat. That thing is not round. And by that, he started to kind of, you know, yeah, this it doesn't interest me anymore because you are so thick. That I can't even talk to you. And I said, no, no, no. It's not about that. It's not about that. Let me ask you a question. Have you seen the earth round? He said, no. Oh, okay. Have you seen someone who had seen the earth round? He said, no. Okay, okay. Have you actually met someone who met someone? Who met someone, who met someone, who saw the earth round. He said, no. No, okay. My friend, you and I are doing the exact same thing. We're all believing in things we do not see. You cannot. I mean, mankind is wired. To have faith. So many things that we believe we have not seen. And I tell you what, there are two different people on earth. Okay, two different categories of people. Those who believe before seeing. 
and those who see before believing. And the gap between them two is big. If you want, those people you hear a lot about are those people who believed before seeing. Those people you don't hear a lot about are those people who saw before believing. Can you imagine airplanes? I know this, the argument is going on. It could be Clement Ada, a French guy in 1890 who created airplane. I'm not sure. Some people say it's Gustave Whitehead in 1901 in America. And some people say it's the White Brothers in 1903. And the argument still gone. Now, these guys, why are, are they special? Because they saw something in faith. They believed, and their belief actually led them to see. We talked about the different senses that we have as humans. Do you know that each sense needs a development? Each single sense that we have, we're born with it, but unless we exercise it, unless we put it into practice, unless we do something about it, it will not work. We are born with all of it. Like walking. The sense of gravity. I mean, you look at a kid, one year old. He will look at you and think, goodness me, how can you walk like that? I barely stand up. How can you walk like that? And bit by bit, he practices, and then it comes. Do you also know that disease can kill some of the senses? I know meningitis can kill the sense of sight, can kill the sense of smell, can kill the sense of hearing. So if someone says he has no faith, that person needs treatment. He needs to go to the GP. Because there is something fundamentally wrong with him. Because it's like you, you have it. But you have not practiced it. Or you have just been sick or ill or whatever. And your element of faith is disappearing. Can you imagine in business? I'm not, I'm not very much a business person. But being with Pradeep, I think I can talk a bit about business. Can you imagine a business person with that faith? He wouldn't do anything, would he? You take some money, you just invest, and you go to bed and you're thinking, yeah, I've just invested that much money. You know why? Because it's going to do this, this, this. This is faith. And I tell you what, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you invest and it doesn't work. So sometimes in our faith, there is a crisis. But the fact that there is a crisis in my faith doesn't mean that faith is not working. It really does 
work. Believing that God exists. This is just basic. Now, believing that God speaks. That's the second point. I think the biggest difference between Christianity and the rest of religion is the fact that we truly believe that God speaks. And he does. He honestly does. And I remember being 18 years old, having nothing to do with Christianity. I even had a small idol called Pinga, which is called Rock. And every year, my mom and dad would take me. We sacrificed a chicken on that rock, thinking that it would protect me. And that's all I knew. That's all I knew. Then I went to the Catholic Church, but I wasn't really there and, and all this. And then people started to talk to me about God. And I'm like, I tell you what, this is not for me. Okay, this is just not for me. And I remember in 1985, one of my friends called us man and challenged me. He said to me, Jules, you know what? Everything I'm saying, you're not believing. Why not you do this? Just go every night before you go to bed. Just allow yourself to say, God, if you are there somewhere, reveal yourself to me. God speaks. And I had a vision, I had a dream. I genuinely don't know if it is the week after I became a Christian or the week before I became a Christian. But I know it was in the May 1985. I had a dream, I had a Bible open, and I had many, many young people in front of me, and I was preaching. And then I saw the heaven open, and we were being taken. I had no idea about the Christian rapture. But I saw that in a dream before I owned a Bible. And we were just being taken up. Taken up. And I was like a thousand miles away. And my voice is still resonating on earth. And whoever kneels down to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. He lifted up. And then, you know, this guy was disappear- disappearing. And then I woke up. And I think that was the real turning point. I think someone, you don't believe that God exists, that's fine. Just be humble enough to invite him in your life. And I think if you do, God will. I know about a guy called Richard Wombran. I think he's from Romania, who went to a church one day and said, God, look, I know you don't even exist. But if you're there, it's not you. It's not me to find you. It is you to reveal yourself to me. And I think what we need to plus what we have is challenge people to say, look, you don't believe God is there like my friend Andy. That was very, are we running late? What time do we stop? Okay. Like my friend Andy. He genuinely, he wasn't disputing, he wasn't arguing because he didn't want to believe in God. He just simply hadn't got that there yet. And because we spoke about it, because we, 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 we um, prayed for him and all that, it took three years for this man to realize that God is there, that the faith was embedded in him. And God spoke to him. In my life, I've heard God speak. But it's not just about knowing that he speaks. Getting ready to obey. And if we read Genesis 12, I didn't give that because it's too long, but from Genesis 12 to Genesis 22, we will see the story of Abraham. 
This guy is not called the father of faith for nothing. God said to him, go from the place you are to a destination he had no idea. Remember, Abraham did not have the book of Genesis. Okay, He did not read Genesis 12. He didn't have the Bible. No one spoke to him about God speaking. Right? And then he just decided. He obeyed. He followed. I mean, I know Noah. I know about Enoch and all that. But not the same like Abraham. The guy is like Moses. In front of the Red Sea, then God say, you know, part the sea. And Moses did. He'd never seen that. He didn't have Exodus. I know people are arguing. I know a theologian who actually said that, no, you know, the Red Sea is the sea of reed. In fact, the, the water there wasn't really deep. And then that's why Moses could, um, could cross. And someone said, oh, wow, that's really wonderful. You made that miracle come even liver. And he said, why? It's because you said that the water was just like ankles and that drowned all horses and and um, soldiers from Egypt. So for him, he denying that the Red Sea is deep enough to drown a whole army rose a very good point. It's just very shallow water and yet the whole army was drowned there. So either way, it works. But Moses did not read Exodus, and yet he was able to do it. Sometimes in our lives, God will speak. And I warn you, I mean, you know that, sometimes he speaks, we hear it, and it doesn't add up, because he is God. He's not going to always say something that we will understand. Sometimes we will not understand. Sometimes the challenge will be bigger for us, but he wants us to do it. Because if we trust in him, if we know how big he is, if we know how much he loves us when he speaks, then we should obey. And thirdly and finally, still trusting in God, even if things do not go the way we want it to go. And if we can have Daniel 3, 16 to 18 on screen. Daniel 3. Daniel 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us, your majesty's son, from your majesty's son. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we will still worship him. We still put our faith in him. We will still trust him. And I think for me, this is the last step of faith. Because we are all here. We believe in one way or the other that certain things in our life will work. It might not. But if it doesn't, 
what is our response? I've been in situations in my life when things did not work the way I wanted to be. Many situations. And the one that I can never forget is when I lost my son in 2008. I was in that hospital that day on the 8th of October and I just saw him die. It's been a week we've been there. Doctors did everything. I have good relationship in Burkina. I mean, the top ones all did everything. They couldn't. And I remember picking my phone, calling my brother, and telling him. And something is going on in me. What is going on here? And I always kept that phrase above everything. Whatever it is, God, I put my trust in you. We took the boy home. Everyone was crying. And I can picture myself standing in the middle of our compound, raising my voice and saying, look guys, you're free to cry. You can cry the way you want, but I'm going to ask you for one thing. Do not cry and talk. Do not cry and ask God questions. Because even if he answers you, the answer will even give you more headache than the real thing. He is God. You're human. Certain times things do not really go the way we want it to go. And this is when the world picks up and has something against us. If your God is God, then why? If your God is God, then how? If your God is God, what is happening? And I think that is what makes us Christians. That's what makes us real people of God. In the story here, I mean, I like this part of the Bible. These young men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, in front of the most powerful king that there was on earth. Babylon then was world number one in power in everything. And they stood up in front of millions of people and said, look, you've done something here. We do not believe we're not voting for it. We are not going for it. And the king said, look, do you even know me? I have the power to hit fire seven times. I still want to know how he did that. How can you make fire seven times? You can make it bigger, but can you make it hotter? I have no idea. But he said he could. And I think he did. I don't know. Then these young men were really tied up and thrown into that fire. And they landed. And you know, God sometimes, he's not like us. Okay? The way he does things, he does it his way. And we, 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 we don't understand. If I was God, what I would have done is to turn that whole fire into a swimming pool. <laughs> Just, you know, they throw them and then boom, they start swimming. No, God didn't do none of that. He left the 
fire with all its might. And then God turned up and went in that. You see, that is important. When we're having trouble, we normally don't pray for God to come and be with us in our trouble. We pray that he takes it away. Um, he, he doesn't do that often. Sometimes he leaves you in that trouble and he comes in. He comes in. Everyone knows that you are in trouble. They could tell. But you are there with God. And I really believe that the fire was still burning. Because, the, because when, we, when you read the scripture, you see that the king asked people to throw these young men in the fire. When he saw a fourth person, what did the king say? Come out here. <laughs> I tell you what, if I was one of these guys, I would say, no. We didn't come here by ourselves. You come and get us. <laughs> come and get us. Come on. We didn't come here by our own. You come. Send people to come. Send people who will come to the board so they pick us. No, they couldn't. Why? Because whoever would have tried that would have been burned. Because the fire was still a reality. So the king had to beg these guys to come out by themselves. Faith is trusting him when everything goes the wrong direction. Faith is believing in him when he, we feel like we've been let down. And until we reach that, faith is always a process. But I tell you what, I am happy with that process. Like I said, a child is born, he got two feet, he cannot walk. He got two eyes, he cannot see. He got two ears, he cannot hear well. And then he start to grow. He start to grow. And that child that you see not being able to walk is going to win the Olympics. This child you see not being able to, 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 to speak is going to win Britain Got Talent with his voice. It all comes. So faith, my friends, is a journey. It doesn't matter where your faith is. Stick to it. Believe that God is there. Believe that he speaks. And if things turn sour, stick to it. Because you know what? God is there and he will come.